If you're applying to PA school in the 2024-2025 cycle, then I need you to know about our Pre-PA Academy. This is a group coaching program that I have wanted to start for so long and I am pumped. So from February to October of this cycle, we will be working as a cohort through the entire application process. The way that Academy works is we'll have three to four weekly sessions with myself and the other PA platform coaches where we will be teaching and doing group work and live personal statement editing, live mock interviews, question and answer, office hours, virtual shadowing, and just walking you through this entire PA school application process. We're going to start from your personal statement, choosing the programs, making a school list, getting your application ready before it opens in April on CASPA to getting you ready for interviews, what to do if you're hearing back, what to do if you're not. This is like our webinar series, but so much more intimate. Talking to students who have joined the program, it really seems like they are most excited for the accountability, the support, and the community through this process, and that is exactly what I wanted to offer. It's going to be great. It's going to be fun. I promise. And we're just going to have a good time getting to know each other and working through it together and learning from each other. I want you guys to learn from each other in the program. You can sign up at any time. The code, if you want $50 off of your registration, is HELLO24. And we would love to have you as part of our first cohort of Pre-PA Academy for this upcoming cycle. Are you ready to meet the newest Pre-PA coach at the PA platform? Well, I'm going to introduce you to her. Her name is Anna. She's a new grad. And today I'm interviewing her about her PA school process and what it's been like as a new grad during the pandemic and finding a job and all that fun stuff. Welcome to the Pre-PA Club podcast. If you want to learn how to become a physician assistant, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Savannah Perry. Let's get to it. I want to thank My PA Resource and PA School Prep for sponsoring the Pre-PA Club podcast. So My PA Resource is a personal statement editing service that edits only PA school essays only edited by PAs, and most of us have admissions experience, so I am one of the editors. Definitely check them out if you need help with your content, grammar, flow, making sure that you are on track for turning in your application. And you can use the code FUTUREPA for a discount on any of their service options. PA School Prep is an online course that focuses on the anatomy, physiology, and med terms that you'll need for PA school to make sure you feel confident going into that first semester and that you are able to handle what PA school throws at you. So check that out at paschoolprep.com and also use the code FUTUREPA for a discount there. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Your host, Savannah Perry here, Durham PA mom, wife, blogger, whatever you want to call me. I am a PA, I'm in Georgia, and I'm so excited that you're listening because I love just getting to introduce you to new people and getting to meet and interact with people myself, but I'm just grateful for you as a listener. Um, I've done some really great interviews this week, and so those will be coming up in the next few months, and I'm really excited just to share, you know, I've had, let me think, I've had an RN to PA, I've had a military spouse, 
um, who just got accepted to PA school and will be starting in January. Um, who else have I talked to? And coming up, we're going to talk some financial stuff soon. So lots of good stuff coming your way. And as always, if there's something you want to hear about, something we haven't covered, let me know. That's actually some of the people reaching out have said, you know, I've been listening to the podcast, but I haven't heard a story quite like mine um, or feel like they have something to add that would be valuable to other pre-PAs. So if that's you, let me know. Feel free to reach out. On Instagram, I'm at the PA platform. That's typically where we do all of our giveaways and fun stuff. We have a book giveaway coming up soon, so you probably want to follow along there. Um, But also on Facebook, in our Facebook group, the Pre-PA Club is a great place to be as well. Um, And so I... um, I feel like sometimes I forget to tell you guys about some of the stuff we offer at the PA platform. So since Anna is going to be one of our coaches doing mock interviews, um, if you haven't really explored the PA platform website, it's we just have so much information on there. We do regular blog posts. We do these podcast episodes. A lot of these are YouTube videos. This one will also be on YouTube. We post on social media a lot. Um, but really just trying to continue to raise awareness about the PA profession and present it as an option to people who may be interested. If it's your thing, awesome. Welcome. If you decide you want to go a different route, that's cool too. Um, so it's a great community, the whole PA community. But if you go to the paplatform.com, here's a few things you're going to find. Um, so we have the pre-PA blog section, and that's where you're going to find all of the accepted blog posts, and those have stats from various people who've been accepted to different programs. Um, and if you've been accepted and want to submit your information, you can do it there as well. Um, also, blog posts about all kinds of things, GPA, grades, prerequisites, um, letters of recommendation, supplementals. If you have a specific question about something and you're struggling to find an answer, the best way to find it is just to Google specifically what you're looking for. So if you Google the PA platform supplementals, you're going to get a podcast episode, a blog post, and a video all about those things. So you can pick your poison and get that information the best and easiest way for you. Um, And honestly, that's how I find old stuff that we've done too um, when I'm looking for it. We also have the free download section. And so in that section, we have our um, PA school timeline, application timeline to help you kind of organize the steps you need to be working on. We have personal statement, brainstorming worksheets, interview worksheets. Um, We have a table, an Excel sheet that will keep track of your healthcare, patient care, volunteer shadowing experience. It's set up exactly the way you need it for CASPA. Um, So you can download that and record your hours. Um, we have our two week personal statement email course to help you write your personal statement in two weeks. All, all of this is completely free. It's just up there for you as resources. So check that out. Maybe helpful. Um, and then right now we're doing mock interviews and you can always use the code future PA for a discount on the PA school interview book, the PA school interview course, which is at prepacourses.com. Um, or a mock interview, or a pre-PA assessment, or help with supplementals. Um, But with our mock interviews, if you go back, you can actually see some examples or hear some examples of mock interviews that we've done on the podcast in the past. Um, But we spend a whole hour 
just learning about you as an applicant, going through questions, doing some feedback on those questions. And with all these virtual interviews, I think this year, um, it's a little bit even more important to make sure you're practicing on a virtual platform, uh, whether that's with us or somebody you know. I think if you test out your tech ahead of time, that's really important. Um, all right. So I think, I mean, there's probably other stuff. There's the PA program map. So you can see a map of all of the programs in the United States. We have the forum on there now where you can post questions. So much stuff that I can't even remember. But we're continuing to add to it too. So if there's something that you feel is missing or would be helpful, please, please let me know. Okay, so let's get into today's episode with Anna. I'm going to let her tell you all about herself, and you're going to hear more about her. And she is just joining our team as a coach. Be on the lookout for openings with her starting um, very soon. Um, all of our coaches are practicing PAs. They all go through rigorous training where we have lots of videos and examples and a very um, set process to make it as personalized and specific and helpful to you as possible. So um, she is excited to jump on board and I'm excited to have her. All right, let's hear from Anna. Everybody, my name is Anna. <laughs> Um, I'm originally from St. Paul, Minnesota. I ended up going to PA school in, uh, at Clarkson University in Potsdam, New York. Um, I did my undergraduate degree in biopsychology at Augsburg University in Minneapolis. Um, and I just recently accepted a job offer. So, Which is exciting. Yeah. We'll talk about that. Um, okay, so you ended up moving for PA school. Was that something you wanted to do or just ended up? being the best option? Um, it was something I was definitely open to. Um, I applied to Augsburg's PA program here um, back home, but um, I didn't get an interview. So I was very open to moving at that point too. Um, and I, I didn't really have any ties at home. So I was like, well, this is kind of the time to go explore the world a little bit. Um, so um, I applied to quite a few programs in New York and then a few programs in Virginia and ended up getting into Eastern Virginia Medical Schools, yeah. and then Clarkson's. And so I ended up kind of picking, well, do I want the beach or do I want the mountains? So I chose the mountains. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, well, let's jump back a little bit. Did you go into college like knowing you wanted to be a PA or was that something that came later? Um, so I feel like my college experience was a little different just because I originally, I don't think I really knew what I wanted to do. I knew that it was going to be healthcare related. Um, so when I graduated high school 10, 11 years ago, I was going for my paramedic stuff and then realized that wasn't exactly the perfect fit for me. I ended up going um, into surgical technology, did that for a couple of years. And there's kind of like, or that setting was where I really started working with PAs um, pretty one-on-one -on -one directly a lot of the time in the OR. Uh, so at that point I decided I wanted to go back and finish my bachelor's. Um, and, and do PA after working with them and also seeing them as a patient for myself. So that was kind of the deciding factor and just being surrounded by them all the time. They were awesome. That, okay. So that, yeah, that's kind of like, I feel like how the PA profession was designed, honestly, like you kind of are in healthcare, but then want to, you know, bridge mm -hmm. that gap to where you're able to do more type thing. Absolutely. Um, so what did that look like as someone who, like, so you said you went back to school, um, finished your bachelor's and then did you get in your first cycle? 
I did. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was looking pretty bleak there for a minute. Uh, both programs that I ended up getting accepted to were late start programs. Okay. Uh, I had applied to 19 programs. Wow. You know, I, I you know, I just kind of thought, I don't want to do this again. So yeah. I'm just going to put all of my eggs and all of the baskets and see what happens. Um, luckily, it worked out. But, um, yeah. So... If you went back and did it again, do you think you would apply to 19 again? Or would you apply to less, more? I mean, I think I would have narrowed my search a little bit. It was a bit expensive to do yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot. I, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. It's it's tough. I think I would have looked more into um, the programs themselves. At one point, I was just, if I qualified, I was applying. Just, yeah. I wanted it so bad. Um so I think in the past, me should have probably researched the programs a little bit more. Um, that way I could have narrowed down at least maybe down to 12 or something. Yeah, <laughs> cut, cut a few out there. Um, okay, yeah. were there any red flags on your application? Like anything you were worried about or that came up even during interviews? Um, yeah, I had during my, um, when I was doing my surgical tech program, um, that time frame, I was also taking a few courses at the community college, and I had to take a medical leave. I found out I had a bone tumor, so I had to take a medical leave, had a bunch of W's on my transcripts, um, which just destroyed my GPA. Um, so kind of having to explain that, but also I made up for that when I went back to do my bachelor's degree, um, so making sure that I was getting you know, mostly A's if possible. Not, of course, that's not always possible, but um, yeah, so my, I, I don't remember what my NGP, I think my NGPA was like a 3.4 or something, but initially it was, when I first went back to my undergrad, it was at like a 2.4. Wow. 2.3. So you're able to bring it up though and show, show improvement, show an upward trend and all that. Absolutely. And I think that's what, programs like to see that's what I've been that's what I've heard um that's kind of why I was nervous about it when I went into my interview for PA school but also not because I had a I had a very good reason I had all the documentation for it yeah um, so that you know life happens and so can't really avoid it yeah I mean that's I mean I can't really imagine <laughs> um how hard that was at a young age but that gives you a different perspective as a patient going into medicine um any anything we go through that requires like more care than normal so um what was the most difficult part of the application process for you um I would probably say the personal statement um I had a lot that I wanted to express and I wasn't exactly sure how to approach you know the way it should have been formed, you know, should I be telling this like a story? Should I be telling this? I just was kind of unclear. I had to do quite a bit of research, um, and just in terms of what do PA admissions like to see in terms yeah. of structured things. Um, so I think that was difficult. I took a couple months with like probably 15 different drafts and finally picked one and really honed in on that and spent quite a bit of time editing and sending it to the writing center at my university, you know, doing what I could to have it edited as much as possible. Okay, so. cool. So that, yeah, I mean, the essay 
trips up a lot of people and it's just it's it's hard to fit everything into such a short space that's so meaningful <laughs> um so yeah definitely a difficult difficult part and then when it came to the interviews i mean did those go well did you feel like they went well How yeah did they go? <laughs> I so both programs that I got into were the only two interviews I ended up getting. Um, but they always say it only takes one. Yeah, but, that's funny. <laughs> um, but both interviews went very well. I thought I both programs were awesome. I think they both had great things to offer. I felt comfortable at the interviews. They weren't, um, you know, you go online and you read about people's horror stories of you know, these really tough interviews, really tough behavioral interview questions. And mm-hmm. mine were not like that. They were very, just truly wanting to get to know who you are, why you want to be a PA, what can you bring to the program? Um, you know, how, what makes you stand out and really just wanting to see where your passions lie. And I really, really appreciated that from Clarkson and EVMS. I thought both did a really nice job. So when it came down to deciding besides location, which is an important factor, that was my most important factor, to be honest. Um, but besides location, I mean, was there anything else? Like, did you get a feel at the interviews or anything that kind of made you lean one way or the other? Yeah. So when I went to Clarkson's interview, I, that was my first interview. I just felt very at home there. Um, the atmosphere of, it's a very small town. It's rural. It's a rural program. So they focus on rural practice. That's kind of the model that they trained us under. Um, and I really enjoyed that. It was a small class size. You get really one-on-one attention. And I really could see that through the professors and the students that were already there when we were talking to them during our interviews. Whereas with EVMS, it was a much bigger program. I think they admit like 60 or 70 uh, people in a class. And th- now they have really, really beautiful facilities and really high tech stuff and great rotation sites. And, you know, it looked awesome. But I think for me, I just really, I learn better one-on-one and I learn better in a smaller environment. So that was also, that's probably the biggest factor was the class size and the, just the, the one-on-one attention. Yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah, a little different there. Um, so once you got to PA school, how was it? <laughs> <laughs> I think it, so a lot of people I feel like are starting PA school right now and so this is when I'm getting message that it's like I didn't realize how hard it is and all, and like it's hard to explain I feel like it's it just is. very hard to explain how difficult it is it's, without uh, scaring people so, there's, yeah there's so many factors that go into it I mean you're yeah. a student first and then you know you if you're coming from out of state or you had to move for your program so you're away from your friends and family that adds difficulty to it oh yeah you, you had to do that hmm? yeah you had to move right so i just there's a lot of factors that like outside factors that just made that transition really dif- just difficult in general like i managed very well but i mean it was still hard um i know people in my class had kids and people were married and you know life stuff is there so it's tough to enter um such a rigorous academic program when you have a lot of outside factors as well um but i thought the didactic year i think was by far the um more intense (laughs) of things um you're yeah i mean i was studying nonstop. it was just Monday through Monday. Yeah, <laughs> never stops. 365. 
Well, that's why I, I saw a video the other day that somebody did on TikTok, actually, and it was a PA student, and she was talking about how much she studied. And somebody in the comments was like, it is not physically possible to study that much. And I was like, she's not lying. Like, all you do is study. Mm-hmm. It, like, it really is all you do. Yeah, I'm well, because you, you're not only studying for your exams, but then you, you know, and I'm sure it's like this on all PA programs, but you, we had other assignments that we had to do. We had um, cases that we had to work through and write papers on and projects and our and master's skill, project. Like yeah. your learning skills and like practicals and all that too. Absolutely. Yeah. So it was. <sighs> <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. But yeah. you know what? We all got through it. Yeah. So. That's like something like I have friends that are interested in PA school and they're really intimidated by it. And I'm like, I totally understand that fear. It, I felt that way. Even going back and thinking if I had to do it all over again, I would still be nervous. But at the end of the day, our whole class made it through. We all graduated. We're all alive and yeah. well. <laughs> so. Well, and it, it goes by so quickly, too. Like if you can just hang in there that hard day or week or moment will pass and I mean then there'll be another hard one but like it just goes so fast so fast that we were always told the 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 days go by slow but the weeks go by fast and that was kind of like a internal motto that I always had to have in the back of my head to just get me kind of through it but we I mean as much as we were studying and we studied all the time I mean we still I think the majority of my class we still made time to have a little bit of a life now it was very very little but it was a life. We were able to, you know, go, we were by the mountains. We would go hiking on the weekends if we could, or we would, you know, go into Canada because we were 30 minutes away from Canada. So, I mean, it was, I mean, we still made time to de-stress. And I think that's really important too, to just remember that you need to take time for yourself when you're in PA school because it's very easy to forget. Yeah. for I, I, I forgot. I didn't make time for myself and it was like over in a blink of the eye and I looked back and I was like, oh, I just didn't yeah. really do anything. I mean, I did. Like, I mean, me and my classmates did some fun things, but, like, just self-care-wise, like, reading and, like, hobbies and spending time, downtime with, like, other friends and family were not my priority then. So, right. yeah, it's hard. It is hard. I, I, think, I think it also, like, depends on what area you're located in, but since we were so rural, it was – we didn't have a whole lot of yeah. things to do in town. And like one thing that I wish that I would have done more of was work out. Yeah. And just, you know, I just, we didn't have a real, like we, we had our university gym, but it wasn't what I, what I'm used to from coming, I'm from the city. So it wasn't, you know, my lifetime fitness, LA fitness, whatever kind of fitness it was. It was just, you know, and you're, you're so busy and you, by the time you feel like you should work out, you're so exhausted that you, don't even want to at that point yeah. and I think that would have been just better for my own mental health at that point but for sure yeah I people who listen to the podcast have probably heard me talk about this but I had two best friends in PA school and they they made me work out and they were the only reason I did and we I mean even then we would only go maybe twice a week but it was like we need to do this like we've got to go to the gym for 30 minutes even if we're just walking the track like get mm-hmm. like just to take a break like be active because we sit in a chair for eight hours a day. Um, right. <laughs> like we need to do something. I remember that all too well. 
Yeah, not those are the not fun days. Um, so what? So then, clinical year, how's that? Where did you have most of your rotations in that same area, or did you go different places? Yeah, most of mine were in the North Country area. That's what they call it up in very up north New York. Um, most of mine were up in that area. I did have a pediatrics rotation that was down closer to New York City, um, but they have rotation sites. Uh, pretty much all over the state of New York, which was nice. Um, if you were able to secure your own rotations, um, like back home or something, they they tried, but it 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 all depends on the, that hospital or that practice's affiliation if they're willing to take a new affiliation or whatnot. Um, I tried coming back home; it didn't work out, but it I was still able to get the same electives that I originally wanted. I just did them somewhere else. So. Gotcha. Okay. Um, how did or did it did COVID affect y'all at all? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You made so, it through. <laughs> we made it through when we graduated on time, yeah. which is a cool thing. Um, I know that there's a lot of PA students that are not as fortunate. Um, there's for for us, we so our program does our didactic year, our clinical year, and then at the very end we do this thing called summative phase, which is about five, six weeks, um, where we just, we're supposed to reconvene on campus and just kind of hone in on everything, study for our boards, um, test out of all of our things that we need to test out of. Um, and so when COVID hit, I believe it was March 13th was the very last day of our last rotation. And then we were supposed to go on spring break for a week and then come back for summative phase. Well, the world shut down on like March 14th. So we weren't really sure what was going to happen. Um, so they told us to go home, um, you know, go on spring break, but bring some study materials in case it gets a little extended, but we'll more than likely still see you on campus. Um, well, then like three days later that the whole campus shut down for the rest of the semester. So um, we ended up doing everything, um, everything on Zoom. So we were doing our practicals on Zoom. Um, I luckily got to use my boyfriend as a patient for both things, um, but I know some people had to use stuffed animals or pillows or just something because they just didn't, yeah. if they were quarantined and they were by themselves, um, we had to take our exams on, you know, like a secured sort of program. Um, our graduation got canceled. Our white coat ceremony got canceled. Um, so a lot of exciting things for our class just really down the drain but yeah uh, it was hard to that was kind of honest it was kind of a hard pill to swallow as that was happening but our program did a nice job for trying to recognize our class in terms of you know they you know we did graduate you know they, they earned a long white coat those kinds of things so they ended up doing a virtual long white coat thing but they made it into a video rather than like a live session um, so they had mailed us our white coats and we just took a picture with it on and then they did like a traditional white coat ceremony over a recorded video. So it was sweet and it was, oh. yeah, I mean, they it's tried. better than nothing. Yeah. So. Yeah. That is, that is hard. And that's what, I mean, my class was weird because we did graduation in May, but we weren't really done till August. And mm -hmm. so it was like fake anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, but like we still had that you know that ceremony so it's right yeah hard. so did yeah. you stay in new york or did you go home well so i had gone home for spring break oh. which then turned into me staying home for a month and a half 
Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, probably a little bit longer. That I was probably home for almost two months. I, I had already graduated the program and everything before I went back. I only went back to New York to pack up my apartment and take my boards. Because um, that's a whole other can of worms that happened to a lot of us was our boards got canceled multiple times because oh. the testing centers kept closing or you know they at one point they completely closed and then yeah. they kind of reopened and then they were trying to space people here and there as far as how many people could be in the testing center at one point not everybody's got canceled but mine got canceled slash rescheduled i want to say four different times um which is that's crazy terrifying. yeah <laughs> thinking oh my gosh where am i well and, and the problem was when you would go to reschedule your boards there would be no opening. There's no spots, yeah. No spots because the whole, Everyone. Like the whole United States is oh. trying to find a place to take your board. So I even tried, you know, finding places back home. And luckily, I was able to, like the last time I had to reschedule, I, I called every single day making sure that my spot wasn't going to be taken, <laughs> taken away from me. But, um, yeah, I think that was probably the most stressful thing was just taking the pants and making sure that we could actually take it yeah that's what I I've thought about I mean I've heard a lot of people having to reschedule their GRE but I didn't even really think about or hear too much about pants and gosh that's awful because you're like ready to take it like by the time it comes you're like I'm ready let's get this done (laughs) and then COVID's like never mind you're just kidding also you have to wear a mask the entire time in this tiny cubicle that was that's terrible I hate wearing masks (laughs) <laughs> I wear yeah, them, but I hate them. So yeah, yeah, so same. They're obviously not comfortable. But I mean, like you're, you know, I was just. I remember walking out of my my pants and like feeling how hot my face was just from wearing my mask and breathing so heavily. Yes, all, like sweating all day. Oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> but it was okay. Yeah, you, you survived. <laughs> oh, that's exciting. So okay. Then we have job search. Had you looked for jobs pre-COVID or like you were waiting? Yes. Um, so I started my job search really early. I wasn't exactly sure how I would go about it, knowing that I was going to try to come back home. Um, and so I started job searching back in like November, just as far as like putting my feelers out and kind of seeing, you know, Can I get in touch with any recruiters? Can I get in touch with the old hospital I used to work at? Um, Just to see if they have a specific process of how they do things, how they do the whole getting a job thing as a PA. Um, So I I started reaching out in November. Um, I had um, two interviews pre-COVID, so back in January. um, And then they kind of just went away like I was supposed to have you know more or um and then COVID hit and you know pretty much everywhere I feel like in Minnesota went on a pretty significant hiring freeze yeah um so I and I know a ton of PAs that were furloughed as well and then eventually let go right so um that was definitely not easy so pretty much after I didn't really hear back from those interviews um that I'm, I, mean, I was applying everywhere at that point. I mean, in Minnesota, uh, so to speak. But as far as like specialty wise, I was like, I'm just trying to get my foot in the door. And you know, I I think medicine everywhere is interesting. So I could right. I could myself liking something short. You know, even if it's not my dream job, it, it's something to get my foot in the door. 
Um, so I was reaching out to recruiters, reaching out to um, this HR in general, trying to trying to find something, and it was not easy. Um, a lot of places just were not hiring. Um, and then the other aspect of it was I'm a new grad, and now like well I think I'm very flexible and you could mold me into whatever provider you need me to be, <laughs> you know, as kind of a strength. A lot of the employers are viewing that as a negative sort of, um, and kind of the way I was explaining it to a girlfriend of mine the other day was, you know, we graduated, we're new grads, we also graduated during a pandemic and now we're also having to compete for jobs towards experienced PAs that yeah. have all jobs. And it's just, it's just not a good place to be in. I, I think the whole job thing for everybody has just been a nightmare. Yeah. So like your um, classmates have had similar experiences. Yeah. I, I know a lot of my, I know most of my classmates that stayed in New York, most of them actually got a job in New York, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, a lot of us that moved out of state have been having some pretty significant issues um, with just trying the, the I, I, I'm a big, unfortunately, it's the whole, like, it's not exactly what you know, it's who you know. Kind oh, of yeah, it, it is. I mean, that's true in medicine, mm-hmm. 100%. So I, I, you know, so I had gotten the contact information for, I ended up getting two job offers, which is awesome. I I am extremely thankful for that, but both, op, both options were through personal contacts. So it, it's tough when you don't know anybody and... Or the people that you do know aren't hiring, and now you have to search elsewhere. So, right. yeah, it's, yeah, it's hard right now. Um, so this is, I guess, I don't, a very hypothetical question. Um, well, first of all, is Minnesota like a PA-friendly state or different yeah. PA-friendly? Okay, I would say they. Well, they're getting they're getting more PA-friendly. They actually just passed the. Minnesota PA law, um, where they got rid of the supervi- supervising physician. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Laws. So they're pushing us more into being on the same playing field, I would guess, as nurse practitioners. Cool. Which is great. That's great. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, so like looking back and this is, so I was talking last week to a PA who, um, worked, she was a new grad in August like last August and she was working the ICU in New York City and like had been on the job for six months and then COVID hits and so we were talking about the craziness and I asked her like if you knew what you knew now that like this was gonna happen like would you have still done the same thing like would you have still gone to PA school knowing that the job market would be because I'm sure when you entered school, same as me, like, everyone's like, oh, there are plenty of jobs. Like, PAs are in such high demand. Like, it's definitely healthcare right now is different. Um, so, yeah, would you, do you think you would have done the same thing or? Uh, yeah. Yeah. As far as being a PA, absolutely. I think I think being a PA and, and the, the things we can do is just incredible. Um, I think the teamwork and the collaboration with your physicians and just the impact that you really can have on your patients, I, I think it's absolutely worth it. It's it's a bit of a struggle bus right now, but I think it's gonna get better, and I think things will calm down eventually. But I I would do the same thing again. Now, what I there's certain job things that I probably would have approached a little bit differently, but 
as far as going to PA school, 100%. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I think it'll get back to, like, normal or or a new kind of normal, um, Mm -hmm. and, like, I think it's interesting because I think some of those, some of the PAs Mm -hmm. who have been furloughed or, like, go, may not go back, you know, Mm -hmm. so hopefully once that position is back open, maybe new grads will have an easier time. New York is really friendly in the definitely PA friendly, but definitely more friendly towards new grads. That's, That's good, something yeah. that I have noticed as far as, you know, when I was trying to make the decision, am I going to move home or am I going to stay in New York? I mean, there's critical care, ICU, surgery, EDs that you could get in. I'm not going to say easily, but easier than I would say Minnesota. Yeah. Um, most places in Minnesota really want you, the struggle that I have kept finding was they wanted you to have either, like if I wanted ER, I'd have to have a residency or I would have to have like three years of you know ER experience or, or something of the sort or um, lots of places. I did my elective in uh, hematology and oncology and oh, cool. that's something I think down the road that I would still really like to go back to, but with them as well, um, in Minnesota, a lot of the places wanted primary care or internal medicine for a couple of years before you get into that, which I, looking back, I, I actually think that's okay. Yeah. Um, for, for, for me personally, I right. think that's a good thing. But I think, yeah, Minnesota's kind of goofy in some things. But. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting right now. But um, congrats on the job. So that's a good thing. Um, but um, if anyone has questions, is there a way that they can like contact you or? Yeah, um, my email um, okay. is probably the best bet, and I can, if you want me to, just give it to you. And yeah, I think you. I have it. So yeah, if anyone has any any yeah. burning questions, I'll send them your way, and and then kind yeah. of go from there. So, um, well, thank you for sharing your insights.